Hey, good morning, everybody. We, uh, we're glad that you're here this morning with us and uh, worshiping with us. Thank you so much for joining in. Uh, I think it's, uh, what, week uh, 475 or something of uh, this? No, not really. Joke, but uh, yeah. Uh, I know it feels that way for a lot of people, and uh, I know that uh, a lot of folks are uh, you know, dealing with a lot during this time uh, in many different ways, in fact, uh, from people that are uh, just struggling with being lonely, which is completely understandable. Um, and, and, and might I say, if, if that's you and, and you just need to talk, we'd love to talk with you. Uh, you know, please uh, call us, you know, let us, let us, let us connect, you know, um, send us a message, you know, wh- whatever, whatever works for you. And uh, even if it's just to pray for a minute over the phone or just to catch up for a few minutes, uh, we'd love the opportunity and, and we'd love to hear from you too, because uh, the truth is, is uh, many of us are, are going through some of those types of things, and, and we completely understand uh, those feelings. And, and, and might I also say, we, we've got folks going through other types of things uh, right now. We, we've had a family uh, this week uh, that lost uh, a family member, lost a mother uh, or a grandmother, depending upon which uh, person uh, we're talking about, uh, that are part of our church, but lost someone very near and dear to them, family member uh, to uh, the coronavirus, um, and then and then we've got uh, another family that is has been hit with that uh, as well. And so um, I just I just bring that up to just say you know not not to create any fear or anything like that, um, but just to say we've got people in all walks of life dealing with all of this in many many different ways. Uh, and I'll even throw out you know that uh, I think it's important for us uh, to be mindful of that. Uh, as, as we're, uh, you know, continuing to try to love on one another as a church, I, I, I am very grateful to say uh, that the family that is dealing with that right now, uh, that's a part of our church, uh, when they messaged me this week, they, they said, you know, when I asked if there was anything we could do uh, or get people to do for them, uh, they said, no, I, you know, already, we've already got people from the church that are already uh, doing things for us, helping to care for us, bring us things and all sorts of things like that. Um, and so on and so forth, of course, being, you know, very careful to be safe and all of those things. Uh, but uh, they, they thanked me for, uh, you know, and I, I told them it wasn't, it wasn't uh, my doing necessarily, uh, but they thanked me, thanked us for being a church and being a place uh, where they know that people care uh, and that, uh, that, the, the, that the culture here has been cultivated, that we do, that we care for one another, that we love one another, uh, and that we're there for one another no matter what. Uh, and that's true. And uh, I hope that's true. And, and, if, and if you've not experienced that, you're missing out on probably the, one of the greatest aspects that really is 24 Church. Uh, it's not just Sunday morning gatherings and all those things. And uh, as much as we love to do that together and we miss doing that together, and uh, we're grateful that we can do it like this. Uh, but still, uh, you know, there, there's just so much more to being the church. And uh, Anyway, this morning, uh, we're, we're glad that you would be with us and worship with us in this way. Um, and I want to also mention and, and just, just thank you to those of you that are uh, being faithful in your support of the ministry of 24 um, and, and all the things that are going on. There's still a lot of things going on uh, here. Um, and uh, as you've been watching posts and continuing to see posts of construction, and uh, I've, I've seen more rooms that have been ripped out. Uh, it's amazing. It's crazy, just to be honest with you, to see what's happening and how fast it's happening. But uh, we're very grateful 
that the Lord's worked it out during this time that, that if, <laughs> when else has the church been shut down? You know, this is so crazy. Uh, and we were going to have to figure out how to work around so many, so many different things. And, and that's not having to be the case now. So we're very grateful for that. Um, also just want to make mention too, uh, we've, we've got at least one family, I know maybe more, uh, that, uh, have, have lost jobs uh, this past week. Uh, and so, uh, again, just be mindful, just be sensitive to the folks that are around you going through all kinds of different things. I'm going to talk a little bit about that in the message today because of where the scripture goes today. Um, but, uh, and we're going to get in that in just a minute. And one last thing I want to mention, uh, I just want to say congratulations to Shelly and Joshua on the birth of Oakland. And, uh, I know that, uh, I know that they're excited about, uh, about having their baby here and uh, uh, what an awesome, awesome thing that that is. And uh, yeah, we're, we're excited for them. And, uh, you know, we're praying for you guys. Let us know if there's anything we can do for you. Um, and uh, yeah, um, it's, uh, it's a crazy time. It's a crazy time. Stay connected. Uh, message, e- even, even on the thread here today as you're worshiping this morning, please don't hesitate uh, to, to uh, you know, respond back to other people that you see on the thread. If you see somebody asking for prayer or whatever, maybe even private message a person, you know, if you see somebody uh, saying, and if, and if you're on the thread right now and you want to say, hey, I, I need prayer, you know, about something or whatever, you don't have to even say what it is, uh, that's fine, um, but uh, I, I want our folks to minister to you, and, and so don't, don't be afraid to do that. And I've had some of you actually mention that uh, that's happened for you in the last several weeks, and that's why I bring that up, is I know that that's, a, that's working. That's ministering to people. It's happening. It's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, you know, but uh, that's what we've got, and we, we take what we've got to work with and run with it. So um, this morning, I'm, uh, I'm going to be teaching from uh, this passage out of Colossians, where we're continuing on. Uh, in the book of Colossians, and uh, hopefully you've been following along uh, with us today. And, and one of the things that we're talking about today uh, are vices. Um, and and vi- a vice is, you know, it's one of those things, you know, we, that's, that's a funny word, I think, uh, because it can kind of mean different things a little bit and, uh, to different people and in different, uh, uh, in different ways. And, uh, you know, I, I, the, fir- the first thing my mind goes to when I hear the word vice is probably not the word, probably not the thing that everybody else thinks of, maybe some of you, uh, you know, that are used to working around a shop or something. But when I think of a vice, I think of a, a vice which is a big, usually cast iron uh, thing that you've got on a workbench, uh, and you can and you use it, uh, and it's got a thing that turns off to the side, and it and it opens and shuts with these you know these gigantic teeth basically, and and when and when it you know you crank this thing down, you can crank it down to hold something while you're working on it. Maybe you're you're trying to work on the threads of a bolt, or you're trying to break something loose, or you're, uh, you know, putting something there to hold it there, to weld it, or, you know, whatever it is. Um, I have a big vice uh, at the house. In fact, I guess you technically could say I have a collection of vices. Surprise, surprise, I've got a collection of something. Uh, you know, I've got a, got a couple of small ones that I don't use very much. I've got this one larger one that came on a workbench that belonged to a friend of mine who passed several years ago, and uh, we use it quite a bit. Uh, and then I've got this really, really big one. I mean, it's even bigger than the one I've got on the workbench that uh, I plan to, to use on a, a future workbench and a future shop and that kind of thing down the road um, that I got from one of the barns uh, that I used to work in uh, when I was a kid growing up working as a farmhand. Funny, because I 
we talked about uh, my jobs on my Facebook page this week of uh, like here's 10 jobs I had one of them is not what you know I, did, I didn't really have or whatever uh, kind of thing and, and there's a lot of people that I think didn't think that I would have been a farmhand which is fine I don't really care uh, what they think because I did and I was and did a ton of stuff for a long time many many years uh, worked on farm fencing baling hay and uh, all this kind of thing, but uh, you know, we had this. We had this. Uh, oh, it's kind of more like a lean-to than it was a barn, but it had this. It had this vice set up in it, and uh, uh, this was on a farm that belonged to an elderly lady that uh, really lived kind of down the field from where uh, my parents currently live and where I grew up uh, later on in life. And 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 so uh, later on, uh, after uh, you know, there was no more farm work being done around those parts and that kind of thing, and uh, that building was not doing so well and whatnot, uh, I was, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd be down there from time to time just riding around or whatever, and uh, went by there one day, noticed, uh, actually, I think she had a yard sale, and I, know, I went back, walked back to the, to the, to the lean-to and was kind of snooping around or whatever, and I noticed the vice was still, this huge vice was still in this thing, and I'm talking about, like, man, this thing's old. I mean, it's super old. I mean, you know, the kind of stuff that, you know, I, and I love this kind of stuff, the stuff that was built to last, you know, kind of old, and uh, huge iron vice up on this old workbench that was falling apart, and I'm surprised it was really holding the vice up at this point in time. And so I went back up to see uh, to see her as she was. Her name was Miss Thelma. And went went back up to see her, and uh, and asked her while she was having her yard sale and she was selling some stuff off, whatever. And, and she was she was getting close to moving out. I think going to live with family uh, for some of the last years of her life before she passed. And, uh, and I asked her, I said, there's a vice down there in the barn. I said, uh, could I buy it? I'd love, I'd love to buy it. I'll go down there and I'll take it, take it off the bench. You don't have to do anything, uh, you know, but I'd love to buy it. Well, she didn't have a clue of what I was talking about. She said, well, I don't, uh, Chris, I don't even know what you're talking about. I said, well, there, you know, and I explained it. She said, well, look, she said, you obviously know what you're talking about. You go down there and you just get that thing and you get it out of here and take it, you know, because... Uh, you know, somebody else may tear that building down, and, and it may be, may be lost forever. I'd rather you have it, and you have memories of using it, because I was sharing with her that we had used it growing up. And, uh, and so I did. I got it. Uh, so when I think of the word vice, I think of, I think of that kind of a vice. You know, and, and oddly enough, vices that we have a lot of times are much like that, right? You know, no, no they don't usually go on a workbench necessarily, but personal vices are things that, that we let clamp down on us um, and, and oftentimes hurt us uh, and, and oftentimes restrict in us the things that God really has for us in our lives. And we don't want that. That's not what we want. We, we want to be, be free in what Christ has done, which is to give his life for us. And, and so, you know, this morning, uh, as we're talking about this, uh, you know, we're, we're going to get into uh, some sins uh, that Paul talks about in this passage. And, it, and it'd be real, it would be real easy to go like gloom and doom on this real fast because it'd be real easy to go, oh, no, we're going to talk about all these sins and, and things. Well, yeah, we are, and, and, and something may hit you. Something may strike you as being like, oh, my gosh, that's, that's the thing that I'm struggling with. That's the thing that I deal with. Uh, and, and honestly, if, if that does happen, let that, let, that, let that settle on you as we're talking through this. And keep in mind what we just talked about, what vices do. They 
restrict us, they hurt us. But if we know Christ, they do not have power over us. And so, I want to read this passage to you. We're going to read through it, and then we'll go back and and walk through the verses together. Colossians uh, chapter 3, verse 5. And and by the way, we're picking up here off of Paul, you know, teaching through uh, what we know as chapters, the first two chapters of Colossians, and then even this this first part of uh, Colossians 3 that we went through uh, last week, if you remember that, where it's, you know, uh, seek the things above, set your mind on the things above, uh, hope in Jesus, you know, kind of, kind of idea, you know, and he's setting the stage, uh, and, and, and he sets the stage even in, in how he leads into verse 5 of, of chapter 3 right here. So let, let's just go ahead and look at this. It says this, it says, uh, verse 5, it says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you? And so that therefore there is, is pointing back to what he just said, you know, set your, set your mind, your heart on things above, uh, you know, seek the things above, put your hope in Christ. Uh, so therefore, put to death what is earthly in you. So that therefore is there pointing back to what Christ has done for us allows us to be able to do this. Put to death what is earthly in you. Let's just go ahead and read through the passage. Sexual immorality impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, uh, which is idolatry, on account of these, of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here, there is not Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. So, Let's let's go back and look. Let's look at this. Let's kind of let's kind of pick this thing apart a little bit and look at this in pieces because I think I think this is going to be really good for us today. Uh, and I think it's going to be. Uh, let me kind of open your heart and mind to this, and maybe even as you're watching this, listening to this, you might even just pray that God would uh, speak to your heart, maybe in a couple of ways today. First of all, I think that through this passage today, I think that all of us could probably walk away with some sort of conviction uh, over a certain sin or something that we may be struggling with in our lives, uh, and one of those be one of these that is mentioned here. I think that's probably probably. A not just a good possibility, it's probably going to happen. If, if you're really in tune listening to the Spirit uh, and listening to the Word, uh, I mean, we all struggle with one of these. I mean, there's got to be at least one for every one of us. Um, secondly, uh, not just that we would be open to the conviction that God may put on our heart over, over something that we may be struggling with in our life, uh, whatever vice we may have, whatever flavor uh, is ours, uh, but also uh, just being open to how God may use us, especially in this time as the church, as we interact with people. Um, I'm seeing interactions, uh, I'm seeing tempers flare. I'm seeing people on edge, more so than normal, uh, given the current circumstances. And, and some, of that, some of that is over opinion, some of that is over 
all kinds of things. Some of that, some of that's just based out of fear, I think, for some people. Uh, and this morning, I just want you to be open to how the Lord may speak to your heart through these things that are from His Word, uh, that, he may, that He may remind us of some incredibly great things uh, for us this morning. One of those is that very last thing, uh, but that Christ is all and in all who have believed in Him. Uh, and that we are in this together as the church, and I, I want us to be careful to protect ourselves with that. In, in this passage, Paul is urging us to make a clean break from the old life. Now, we, we got to talking about this old life, new life stuff uh, last week, and so just to kind of continue that conversation, uh, we have this in verse 5 where he says, put to death, therefore... You know, right? Going back to, you know, for what Christ has done for you, you can uh, set your uh, mind on the things above, seek, seek, seek Christ, seek the things above, uh, hope in Jesus, all these things. Um, but that we can put to death what is earthly in us. He says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And then Paul starts getting really specific. And I think that this is very interesting that Paul does this because we have plenty of passages where we kind of have like, Lots of sins listed out and that kind of thing. Paul's being very specific here about things uh, in, in verse 5 specifically that uh, are, are idolatrous, are things that uh, we make idols out of. Uh, and, and he says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you? Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness. So, this, the, these are things that, if we're not careful, these are things that we replace God with in different ways. Uh, you know, a, a great, you know, and I, I, I you know, the, the name of the message last week, and, and I mentioned, kept mentioning, and, and I had a couple people afterwards go, oh, you didn't even talk about the Willie Nelson song. <laughs> and, and I really meant to, but I just, I just didn't end up doing it. Uh, but was, you know, uh, the things that are always on your mind, you know, and, and, you know, Willie, Willie sang it, you know, so great. You're always on my mind, you know, whatever. But, you know, so you've got, you've got, you know, this, that's a, that's a great question for us to kind of check what's going on with us. What's always on your mind? And if what's always is on your mind is something that is gripping a hold of you, and it's not Jesus, it's not the Lord, it's not the things of above, it's not his mission, it's not, you know, those things, then chances are we replace him with some of these things at times. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness. You know, so covet, covetousness, let's just go with greed, okay? Let's just say that's so much easier to say. Uh, but you, you, take a, you take even like sexual immorality. Now, if you go back and you study the Greek translation and you pull out, you know, what's Paul talking about here? He is specifically starting into this with specifically talking about uh, things that are sexual outside of marriage. And so, uh, you know, that, that's hard for some people to stomach. That's what Paul's talking about. And, and, and let me say this, and uh, it's been a while probably since we've gotten to talk about it, so I think it's worth mentioning even here. Uh, you know, God, God's design for man was that uh, a woman would be attractive to him, that, that they would be able to enjoy sexual pleasures and all these things, uh, you know, in the confines of marriage. And, the, and part of that, and part of the creation of that, was that, was that little boys would grow up to be men because women weren't going to give it up 
before it was time, which would have been when they, you know, proved that they were going to be serious and committed and take care of that young woman or lady or whatever, uh, you know, and, and so, you know, all, all of this is wrapped into a ball that, you know, so many people in this day and age and so many even Christians, church-going Christians who love Jesus want to, like, bend these rules. And I just got to tell you, my, and, and not in some judgmental way, please hear me out, because we all have our own sins. I'm not interested in judging anybody today about this stuff. Um, but the Scripture will do what it will do. And I think once we understand God's in, intent behind some of these things, it makes it worth, uh, worth our time to understand. And it means so much more to us. But with this specifically, you know, I've seen so many people take this and, and say, well, you know, that's not really applying to me. You know, I, I love Jesus, and I'm older, and I've done this, I've done that, I've been married, whatever. It is. And, and so they try to make this work, and they go, well, that's, you know, it's just, that's just, you know, it's in the Bible. It's not really that important. Um, <laughs> it is important. And how we give ourselves emotionally to another person, how we become vulnerable to another person is really meant to be in that confine of marriage between a husband and a wife. And, and, and the, the, the purpose in that, in that, you know, that boys grow up to be men or that men would grow up to be men, and oftentimes that's what we need in society is we need men to grow up and be men, uh, you know, is this huge piece of the puzzle that then when they do that, then they can enjoy these things, uh, these passions and things within marriage. And so what Paul's getting at here, just to kind of come back to this, what Paul's getting at here, um, uh, and by the way, I'll just say, and I, I've just, I've just, and this is what I was going to say a minute ago, I've just seen those decisions to ignore this hurt people who just, I know, thought that it really didn't matter. And uh, I don't, I don't say that as any kind of nanana boo-boo. I don't say it with like, oh, look at you, you're a terrible person. I, that's not what I'm thinking at all. I, I, I say that with care and just going, man, uh, I, know, I know the Lord is, isn't, didn't design us for that, uh, and I know that there's a great chance they're going to get hurt here. Uh, sin, it just does what it is. I don't care what kind of sin it is, but it does what it does, and it hurts us, it causes death, and sometimes that death are to relationships or to whatever else uh, that we bring that sin into or whatever it may be. So I just, I, it's a warning, okay? It's not a, it's not a you know, Chris is trying to, uh, you know, get on to you kind of thing, but it's a warning, and, and, it, and it's from the Lord. Uh, and Paul is using that here to help us to see that when we are in these moments of deciding to choose these sins over what God has taught us to do and had designed us to do, we're making those things idols. We're saying, no, this is more important right now than the Lord in my life. And so, you know, we don't, that's not the way we're thinking in the moment. Believe me, I, I completely understand. That's not, that's not where our head's usually at. Uh, and, and therefore, even, you know, sexual morality, impurity, passion, desire, evil desire, all those things kind of, you know, tied together. And uh, I've got some notes on that, but if you want some of that later, that's fine. I'm glad to share it. But, um, but you know, even covetousness, the, the greed, uh, same thing, that greed, you know, it becomes one of those things uh, that it hurts us. You know, and and it begins it begins to to do work on us in a way where it takes over all of our thought process. Like 
we need more, we want more, or we're never happy with, you know, what we have. I mean, chances are, if you can't be happy with what God has given you right now, then there's probably some of that in your heart. We all struggle with that at some point in time. I would venture to say we all struggle with that at some point in time. I would venture to say we all struggle with, uh, you know, the sexual temptation stuff at some point in time, too. And by the way, a temptation is just a temptation. That's not wrong. It is when we've made the switch to follow into not just physically doing something, but in our minds beginning to cultivate, admire, adore, you know, and, and enjoy, you know, whatever in our minds, whatever, or physically, uh, that's, 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 that's when it's sin. That's when, that's when the switch is flipped. So I think that's worth mentioning. Uh, verse, so, so we've got sexual temptation, uh, sexual uh, sins here, and then we've got greed, uh, again, which he ends with, which is idolatry. And, and again, Paul, Paul, loves these people, he cares for these people, just as God cares for us, loves us, and, and wants us to know these things, not because he's trying to keep us from having a good time, but because he cares for us, and he knows that sin does what sin does, and that's that it destroys, okay? It hurts us. Verse 6, it goes on here, it says, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. So, and again, I told you at the beginning of this could feel like very doom and gloom if you let it, because it's like we're jumping straight into some some sin issue stuff. And you know, again, this is warning and whatnot. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about what Paul's trying to do here in the bigger picture in just a minute. Uh, but then also this reminder of on account these, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. And that's this reminder that God is a just God, and all sin has has, uh, you know, something to be answered for, and that something is death. Uh, the, the punishment for sin is death. We know that from Romans. And, and so the great thing that happened here is that instead of God going, well, my people just turned, you know, my creation just turned its back on me, and, you know, I'm just going to let them, you know, I'm just going to let them all go to hell. You know, they'll all get to have my wrath for not... Uh, for not, you know, following, for not, you know, listening to what I was saying and all these things, uh, by all the way back to Adam and Eve. And instead of doing that, God did this. God said, I love you. I love my creation. I care for you. I'm going to send my son, and he's going to die the death that your sin deserves. And if you trust in him and believe in him, to have done that and be your Savior, then you will be saved. You will be forgiven. And these sins will be forgiven. So Paul throwing in this reminder is just that. It's a reminder for us today to remember that there is wrath. There's wrath for not trusting in Christ. uh, But there's also wrath still for sin in the sense that sin still hurts us. And Paul here is calling us to something, and I, I made mention a minute ago, you know, he's, he's trying to move us and urge us from, to make a clean break from the old life to a new life. He's saying, look, you got all that you could ever need and want over here in this new life, and it's so much better for you. Don't keep running back to that, you know? I feel, I feel, this is like, this is what I feel like with, with sodas, you know? Like, I know I don't need sodas, 
And like I, you know, I'll 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 give up. So I've given up sodas for months at a time. I think uh, here a couple years ago, I gave up sodas for almost a year. I didn't make a big deal about it. I just quit drinking them. I was drinking water all the time. And then at times I'll fall back into it, or you know, it's so funny. I, the the joke that I say was uh, when I when I fell back into it after after being off of them for so long. Uh, you know, my my flavor of choice was Mountain Dew. It is Mountain Dew, I guess. And uh, and so one one day, you know, I I was somewhere and somebody had like a a cold Mountain Dew or whatever, you know, and I was dying of thirst and and you know, I was like, they're like, well, you're not drinking those anymore, and I was like, well, you know. It's been a while. I don't guess one would hurt me, you know. And so I, I drank it, and uh, I took I took a couple of real big swigs of it. And whoever was standing there with me, I don't remember who it was. I looked at him and I said, "You know, uh, you know how they say that like after you've not been drinking them for a long time, and then you drink them, they don't they don't taste as good." And they kind of like looked at me like, "Yeah, I think I've heard that." And I was like, "Yeah, that's not true. It tastes amazing." <laughs> So, but, uh, you know, I mean, that's, but that's kind of, that's kind of what we do. Like we run toward things that we know are not good for us. And Paul here, God at large is like screaming at us. Don't do it. Like it's not good for you. It's going to hurt you, you know? And that's, that's really, that's really the, the thing here is that Paul, like so many other scriptures that we see that Paul has penned, is that in this passage, he too here is also doing what he does in so many other times where he's, he's like saying, look, you know, God's done this in you. This work has been done and it's been completed in you. Now, you know, let's go. And so like you, it kind of, if you really lay out the book of Colossians, you got like the first two chapters of like this theology, theology, theology of who Jesus is, what Jesus has done, cling to Jesus, put your hope in Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Don't don't veer away from Jesus. Put you know, put all your hopes and 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 heart and and everything. Set your mind and the whole nine yards into Jesus. And now he's saying, okay, so now do it. Like here's what follows if you do that. Here's what follows. Here's what happens in your life if you do that. Like, here's what it looks like to make the clean break. Don't keep going back to the Mountain Dew. I do love some Mountain Dew. But Paul's trying to help us. The Lord's trying to help us. He's given us his word here. And, and, you know, and I think you go back to what it says in verse 5 where it says, put to death what is earthly in you. Put to death. Think about, think about that terminology. That's strong terminology. Put to death? Take the life from something? How do you do that? Well, I mean, the easy, easy wording there is, you know, you kill it. You kill that. It's saying put to death what is earthly and you kill what is earthly in you. Well, how, you know, sometimes, sometimes I don't think that what we realize that we do is that we continually feed some of those things. And that's the problem is that we've got to quit feeding those things in our lives. We've got to quit feeding those sins in our lives. We know, we know what the tipping points are in our hearts, not just physically, but in our hearts that lead us into sin. We know that if we put ourselves in a certain situation, there's a good chance that from that situation we might jump over into that sin. And again, it's not about God not wanting you to have a good time. This is about God not wanting you to get hurt. 
This is about us in our hearts deciding ahead of time, you know what, I know what's safe for me here. I don't need to be there in that moment. Or I don't need to do that. I don't need to watch that. I don't need to talk about that. I don't need to message about that. I don't need to whatever, you know, pick your flavor. You know, but at the end of the day, he's trying to help us protect ourselves. He's saying, put to death. Kill this thing. Quit feeding it. The sin has already been paid for on the cross. Take the life out of it. We are no longer slaves to it. Let God free you from it. Passage goes on here. Verse 7. It says, In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. And, we're, and, it, and it gives some others here. Go ahead and read those. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. So this, this passage, you know, this, from verse 6 on through here, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you two once walked. See, see, see that wording there? Once walked when you were living in them. In these you two once walked when you were living in them. They're past tense. Paul is saying they're past tense. Don't keep going back. Don't keep going back to these things that are hurting you. These things that are, that are wrecking things and, and causing death and destruction in your life. Be free from them. And in verse 8, it, Paul, Paul gets stronger with it. He says, but now... Now, you know, Paul's, again, like I said, Paul's making a turn here with this part of, of the, the letter of, to the church at Colossae where he's saying, but now you must put them all away. Put them away. Don't let them. Don't keep feeding them, you know. Put them to death. Kill those suckers. Put, you know, and he's like, you once walked. You were living in them, but now put them all away, and then he lists out some more here. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth, he says. So here's, here's an interesting thing, and I, I read somebody that, uh, that talked about this, uh, maybe Hughes or uh, N.T. Wright or somebody, but anyway, I, one of those guys that are much smarter than me. Um, but they were making this point of, you know, if you look at almost kind of like these two sets of, of sins, if you will, that Paul brings up here. You know, we've got that, we've got that first bunch uh, that we just talked about a few minutes, a few minutes ago, which are all, uh, you know, kind of lead to idolatry, uh, the sexual sins, and uh, all those things, and the greed, right? Uh, and then you've got these others, the anger, the wrath, the malice, slander, obscene talk, you know, these other things. You know, these in particular... Uh, you know, these two sets, you know, it's funny because one of them was writing that these are oftentimes the sets of sins that people pick to pick on other people and go, well, they're a bad person or they're not a Christian because they have that. And, and so maybe, maybe to, to make it more real, you know, to, to say that, uh, let's just say... Um, Somebody who's a Christian goes to church, whatever, 
and they're saying something like, well, that person over there, they're not a Christian because, you know, well, they, they got divorced. Or they're not a Christian because, uh, you know, they have this other sexual sin. Oh, you, you saw they, they, they got caught for doing this or doing that, right? But oftentimes, the point they were making, oftentimes those people are the people that deal with, this, with some of these other sins that are in the other set, the anger, the wrath, the malice, the slander, the obscene talk. And, and here, folks, I, wanna, I really want to bring something to light here. I want us to see something that I think is huge for us today as the church, is that Satan loves this stuff. He, he totally loves like the thought that he might have factions who, you know, because you, you go ask some of these other people that have struggled with maybe some of these sexual sins, why don't you go to church? Well, because there's people there that are going to talk bad about me. Well, where is that at? Well, that's in the, the anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk section, right? It's the other, it's the other grouping of sins. And, and, the, and the point I'm making here is that it doesn't matter what your sin is. God still loves you. And we're still called to be the church, right? I've, it, it's so bad sometimes in the conversations that I have with people. I've, I have literally had conversations in this room sitting right back there in the back row of seats counseling with a lady Many, several years ago now, when she came to me and she asked me, is it possible for me to attend your church? And I, I said, well, sure, why wouldn't it be? And she said, well, I wanted to make sure because I've been through a divorce. And I said, okay, why wouldn't it be okay for you to attend our church? And she said, well, I've been told at other churches I can't be there because I've been through a divorce. Folks, <laughs> you want to see me get angry. <laughs> Hopefully in a holy, holy anger type of way. That'll get my blood pumping fast. We have been called to love all. And our job is not for the judgment of others. Yes, we are to go to one another who are Christians in a loving way, but guess what? That's not this you know, slanderous, anger, wrathful way that, that people have done for a long time that we've seen and many of us have been hurt by. Man, we don't want to be a part of that. We don't want that to be the church. That's not the church. That's not the church. And what it is, is it is spiritual warfare in which Satan is loving, playing this game of playing people against each other to, oh, look at their sin, and oh, we're good, and, and the, oh, on the other side, oh, well, you know, I know i got my sins, but look at them. They're terrible, and they're talking, and they're saying this, and they're, you know, whatever. <laughs> he says, but now you must put them all away. And Paul is making this point. They're dead. They don't have any life. But you're feeding them. Is it anger? Maybe you don't think much about your anger. I've seen anger this week in people that I wish I hadn't, to be honest with you. And I don't think less of them for it. I've probably had anger myself this week over something. But in times like these or in moments 
where you know we're trying hard to you know figure things out on the fly and life has changed or whatever it is, whatever's going on, you're cooped up with one another and you're ready to strangle one another or whatever it is, let me just encourage you back to what Paul is saying here, but now you must put them all away. And I'll go back to verse 5 and read that again, which said, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Put it to death. Quit feeding it. One of the ways that we see this, I think, and I'm seeing this right now, because there's a, there's a lot of opinions going on right now about what's, what's right, what should happen, and talk about government things or wh- whatever. I, I don't care, whatever it may be. Um, but I, I'm seeing a lot of people that so desperately want to be right that they're leaving behind what it means to be godly. You see, sometimes it's, it's right to be wrong so to speak. You know, it's, uh, godliness isn't equated with us being right all the time. You know, sometimes the moment is that we care for someone through that, and even though they don't agree with us, we don't keep beating something over their head about it. We just, we just go, oh, okay, they're, they're not there yet, maybe. We can pray for them, we can love them, and we can care for them. I mean, and, and in general, like, I mean, any, anybody... It is to ever hear the message of the gospel, especially that question of, can I come to your church? By all means, anybody can come to our church. You know, and they're going, well, you know, are you going to look down on my sin? Well, I mean, not anymore that we're going to look down on anybody else's sin. We're not really in the judgment business. That's the Lord's calling. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, if you want to be a church member and some of those kinds of things, then we covet together as church members at 24 Church that, you know, we're going we're gonna to call each other on the carpet when we feel the need to do so. But even there, doing so in a loving way because we care for one another and we don't want one another to get hurt. We don't want people to stray away from the Lord. And, and we've given the permission, like, please do this for me. Please help me if you see me wander away on this. Uh, you know, but I think for us today, just to, just to even just keep in mind that with all the things that are going on and, and tempers flaring and all these things, just be really careful. Um, you know, and you say, Chris, it sounds like you kind of turn in a little bit of a snowflake. I, no, I just think I'm just trying to do what I think the Lord would want us to do. And you go, where are the, where are the lines with that? I, I, think, I think we can have open conversations that are healthy conversations uh, about things and in ways uh, about the things of God and, and disagreements that we may have, and it be okay, and us not have to be angry at one another. If anger is involved, there's a heart issue at play, and maybe the idol has become the being right. Just think about that. Just think about that. Verse 9, it goes on, it says, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you put off the old self with its practices. Um, you know, again, this is that killing of these things off, you know. Uh, you know, the sensuality of the sexual uh, sins that you saw there, the attitudes of the things like anger, wrath, malice, the speech things, the slander and obscene talk. And here you have uh, deception 
you know, not lying to one another. And, and, and Paul had good reason for bringing these things out. He, he's saying, look, I'm, and I guarantee you, if, if we could go back and interview Paul right now and say, Paul, why did you, why did you pick these things out? He would say, uh, well, either number one, I saw it happening, or number two, I heard of it happening within this church, and I cared so much for them that I could not let it go to not say anything about these things because I wanted them to see that they're hurting themselves and to be reminded Christ has already died for all of those sins. And in verse 10 he says, and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. And, and so again, Paul's making this turn in this, in this whole letter here right now where he's saying, you know, you had the old self, put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. We have been renewed, and we are continually being renewed. It is an ongoing process within us called sanctification. And it is the work of God continually molding and shaping and changing who we are to make us more like Him. This is, it's amazing. This is absolutely amazing stuff, I'm telling you. Absolutely amazing stuff. Put on the new self which is being renewed. You, you see, Paul, Paul, isn't, Paul isn't trying to beat everybody up with their sin. He's trying to say, you're free from it. Don't let it hurt you anymore. You've already been set free from it. You are no longer slave to it. Let the blood of Jesus be enough and move on. Quit, quit going back and, and dipping your toe into that pool. Quit going back and drinking that Mountain Dew. <laughs> you know, now I'm going to have a really hard time drinking Mountain Dews after I get out of here. Uh, but that you've been renewed. God wants to use you for His glory. He's got a plan for you. And then He goes on in verse 11, and this is, this is all, I love verse 11. He says, Here there is not Greek or Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. He says, there is not Greek or Jew. What's he talking about? He's, he's saying, forget all, the, forget, all the, forget all the people groups, you know. Before then, it was like, here's God's people, and here's people that are not God's people, okay? And so he's like, forget that. That's gone. Because what Christ has done, he's done for all, and he is in all. It says specifically, but Christ is all and in all. Not in all people, but in all people who have believed in him. And he's making this statement, there's not Greek nor Jew nor circumcised or uncircumcised. So people that, you know, have, have followed the law to the, to the letter and all this kind of stuff, the Old Testament stuff, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the barbarians, the Scythians. By the way, let me, let me talk to you about the Scythians for just a minute. The, these people were considered terrible people. In fact, I want to read this little excerpt out of the ESV study Bible to you. It says, they were a violent, uneducated, uncivilized, and altogether inferior people. Inferior people. Look how that's worded. 
So this, this is giving you a, an insight into how they looked at these people that Paul is talking about here. And it says, in contrast to such discrimin- discrimination and prejudice against other races and cultures, Christ is all and in all is leveling the playing field that anyone who follows him, anyone who's believed in him is saved and are equal in the family of God. And racism is right out. Praise God for that. There's no special treatment for any of these people that were in the family of God before somebody else. And folks, this is still true today. You might be sitting here and listening to this and just going, I don't, you know, I don't even know what to believe. I feel like at this point in my life, if I were to try to become a Christian, you know, there'd be all these people that, you know, be so much better than me. They're going to know so much more than me, and all this kind of stuff. Which, by the way, tons of Christians don't really know a lot, unfortunately. Uh, and we're hoping to change that as part of, you know, being the church. And that's our hope and prayer uh, for people part of our church anyway, uh, and for the church at large. Uh, but in general, it, it, it doesn't matter because in the eyes of God, you are equal part of the family. You get the same inheritance that anybody else gets. And how awesome is that, that God has done that for us? How awesome is that? Paul has put the hammer down here and is, and is in the process still of doing so. And really what he's doing, and he's saying, like, I've taught you all these things about who Christ is. But the rubber hits the road in your heart and in your actions and what you physically do moving forward. And he's saying, lay down that stuff. Let those awful things that hurt you die. You know, I think it's easy for us as Christians to just learn, 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 learn. And the truth is, is that God didn't just call us to learn. He, learned, he called us to be doers of his word. We see that in the book of James. That's what we're seeing here with Paul. And honestly, if you read Paul's teachings across the board, you will see that this is a pattern in how Paul teaches a lot of times where he's, he's like, this is, this is truth, this is truth, this is truth, we believe this, we believe this, this is why we believe it, this is why we believe it, and because we believe that, therefore, right, verse 5, therefore, put to death what is earthly in you, and move on with your life. We'll talk more next week about some of this, and kind of even where this goes from here, and I'm hoping and praying that for us as a church right now, this time period in history, that this is, this is what we need to hear. That God wants to work in us and he wants to slay these things in us and has already done so. He wants us to continue to slay these things and put them to death and quit feeding them and quit letting them have any power or vice over our lives where they continue to hurt us. And I love where Paul ended, you know, as he's talking about some of those sins toward the end. You know, he, he really ends those things. You know, he talks about attitudes, anger, wrath, malice, speech, slander and obscene talk, deception. Do not lie to one another. 
And, and really where he's going there is he's trying to help build the platform, build the foundation that we wouldn't fall into the things that hurt our relationships with others. I'll read this to you, John thirteen thirty five. It says this, it says, By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I'll read it again. By this, all people will know. All people will know is talking about all the other people on earth with us, okay? It says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples. What? How is that? How will they know, Jesus? Oh, right here. If you have love for one another. If you have love for one another. God has called us to love people. And folks, if if we're struggling with that today, if we're struggling with loving people today, I promise you, it's not because of what they did to us. Now, you may go, oh, oh Chris, no, what are, you, what are you saying? Of course it's what they did to me. They hurt me. I, I get that. I totally get that. But the truth is, is that if, if we're not loving people today, we can't blame it on the things that they've done when we have done all of those things and so many more to the Lord, and yet He has loved us and in turn called us to love others as he has loved us, the issue isn't them, the issue is us, and it's in here. It's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. And Paul comes today with this to say, put off the old junk, destroy the vices, put on the new, the things of God, and again, we'll talk more about, about, more about those next week or in a couple weeks. Um, but to be reminded that Christ is all and He is in all who have believed in Him. May that drive our relationships. May that drive who we talk with and how we love them and care for them and our understanding with them, if they don't see it exactly our way, or whatever it may be, folks, these are crazy times. We get that, right? We get that. Next week's Easter. Next week's Easter, and we went from like a month ago figuring out shuttles to park people in parking lots and other places to (laughs) we're not going to be here together, right? How crazy insane is that? But it doesn't mean that we're not celebrating Easter. Because Jesus still rose from the grave. And this morning, I just pray that we could all be reminded that Christ is all, and He is in all who has believed. I pray for us as a church that we would do a fantastic job of loving one another. And by the way, we don't have to agree with each other about everything in the world to be able to love one another and do a great job of doing that, okay? We don't have to. We really don't. But let's be careful. Let's be careful in a a sensitive time to care well for one another, to really be Jesus to one another as God has called us to during these times.
if you're listening to this today and you're going, well, Chris, the reason I've never become a Christian is because of all those things you were talking about that Christians do in churches where they, the anger and the wrath and the malice and the, and the talking out of both sides of their mouth and talking bad about me because I went through this, did that, whatever, then, hey, I get that. And by the way, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that the church has hurt you, and I want you to know that we love you. And Jesus, even more importantly, Jesus loves you. God, the Father, loves you, and he sent Jesus to die for you. And you today could have an equal stake in the inheritance of the family of God. And we would love for you to do that. In fact, uh, if you're at home, you're listening to this, you're in a car listening to this, I don't care, whatever, and, 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 you, and you're thinking, you know, I think, I think the Lord's speaking to my heart about this today. I want to say to you right now, Pray, pray, call out to God right now. Confess your sin to Him. Confess your struggles with, to Him. Whatever they may be, call out to Him right now and say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner and I know I need you to forgive me. In fact, here's, here's what I'm struggling with. Here's what I have struggled with. You already know it. But Lord, I want to trust in you today to be saved. I want you to save my soul today. I want you to give me a new life today. God, do something in me that I can't do for myself. An amazing thing can happen if that is real in your heart. And I, 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 I encourage you, implore you, uh, all the things that if, if God is speaking in your heart right now, don't let this moment pass you by. Pray right now and ask Jesus to be the Savior that you need in your life. The blood shed on the cross is enough for Christ to be all and in all who believe in Him. Let's pray. God, I, I do pray for anyone right now that is, that is contemplating seeking you to be their Savior. God, if you're speaking to their heart, God, I pray that you'd turn it up. I pray, Lord, that, that there would be no doubt, Lord, that you're speaking to their heart right now. And God, I pray that they wouldn't ignore that. I pray that they wouldn't brush it off. I, God, I just pray that right now, Lord, that they would pursue you, God, that they would call out to you, God, that they would confess to you struggles, that they would confess their need for a Savior. God, do the work in them that you did in me when I was yet also lost. God, thank you for finding me. Thank you for saving me of my sin. God, thank you for continuing to love me despite the fact that I still fail you sometimes. God, help us as your people not to feel beat up today by this passage, but to be encouraged, God, to move forward in our lives in pursuing you and putting on the new self that we would lay the old self aside, whether it be the anger, whether it be uh, the sexual sin stuff, God, whether it be greed, whatever it may be, God, I pray, Lord, that we wouldn't make idols out of these things. God, instead, that we would turn to you for freedom from all sin and put all of our hope in you. God, today, our hope is in you. God, thank you. Thank you for sending Jesus on our behalf to take the death that we deserve. God, that we might be saved. God, we love you and we thank you for all these things. We ask all of them today in your son's name. Amen.